Hello, everybody. Welcome to another episode of the Char Shot Gamecast. I'm your host, Ben, a.k.a. The Marvelous Siggy, and joining me, as always, is my loyal companion, my friend, my amigo, who has the best cats in the world, Justin. I have tequila. It's not related to this podcast, but I do. <laughs> ah. it's, a, it's a little related to this podcast, I guess, because it's going to get weird. <laughs> hmm. Yes, it is. It's going to get very weird. And, of course, we have a special guest with us this week, ladies and gentlemen. Joining us uh, is Luis Alamia. Alamia, did I pronounce you that right? You got it. You got it perfectly. Thank okay. you. Okay. I was hoping my... Because I, like, like for the, this is for the first... By the way, uh, Luis, this is the first time that we've had more than one Hispanic person on the show. So I was hoping... <laughs> let me mispronounce his last name. That would be so horrible on, on well, we, can, we can do this whole thing in Spanish if you want. No, we can't. Uh, <laughs> no, I am not fluent. I could understand you, but I'm not fluent, unfortunately. I'm one of those Hispanics. Um, I can read it a bit, but, but I cannot speak it. <laughs> uh, we, you could probably tell me something, to, uh, and then I would understand it. We can laugh and just think we're making fun of him. So it would be great. Uh, <laughs> um but Luis, thank you for coming on. Uh, before uh, normally Justin goes first, but I want to give you the the, the, the first go arounds. So if you want to tell us a little about yourself and what you do yeah. and any games you've been playing, go ahead and take all the thunder out of Pokemon Snap before either of us can talk about it. <laughs> <laughs> uh, thanks for having me. My name is Luis Alamia. I cover video games over on my YouTube channel, uh, YouTube.com/slash/LuisGBN, and off the side of that, I also work at Five Hundred Five Games. They're a publisher that's known for. Uh, Terraria, Death Stranding, Control, oh. as of lately. I have uh, most of y'all's games. <laughs> Control's real cool. Yeah, that, that all came out before I started working there, but thank you. Oh, okay. I, I'd like to take credit for single-handedly making <laughs> all of those games. <laughs> <laughs> all right, so, uh, Luis, uh, obviously you, you must be very busy, but uh, besides Pokemon, did you want to talk about Pokemon's map or any other games you've been playing this week? Let's see. Uh, I've been playing a lot of Pokemon Snap and a lot of Returnal. Those are like the two things that really took up my weekend. Mm, okay. And like, I, like I paused writing my review for Returnal to be on this podcast. And as soon as I'm done, I'm gonna jump onto another call for another write up for Returnal. So very wow. busy this weekend. Um, gotcha. But uh, Pokemon Snap, uh, I just put out my review of it yesterday morning, and I thought it was a really good, cozy game. It's it seemed like. Uh, I don't know how to describe it. Like it seems like a, a thing very prominent with like life simulation games and garden or farm simulation games, where it's like that really cozy, casual vibe. Uh, this seems very prominent with the Nintendo Switch within like the last year, especially with this whole pandemic. Uh, and I think Pokemon Snap really caters to that. Um, it's by far the prettiest looking Pokemon game <laughs> ever. Like I'm comparing it to oh, yep. to Let's Go and and Sword and Shield, it, this beats it by far. It is. Very cool to see uh, sort of a natural habitat look at all these Pokemon because I, I think it's very easy to just kind of look at these Pokemon like stats if you're playing just the RPG games and you kind of forget that if you're not watching like the, the anime or anything that these are supposed to be like like animals with personalities and characteristics. And I think that really shines in this game. Yeah, I liked it because I, I watched your review and I really liked that how you kind of like attuned into like seeing a wild animal in, in uh, animal in the wild how like the game mainline games don't really uh kind of ma- portray that but in this one it's like like uh i went to chicago zoo in 2020 and in uh the past two times i've been 2020 2020 and 2019 and you just get like a like oh my god it's a whale it's a it's a it's a gorilla and 
you really get that I like I felt myself when I was playing it I haven't played too much I've only done the first level and I've only got to research level two but just like oh my god there's a there's a, a Dodrio just running around or there's Bidoof just being cute you know you, you get that sense of like wonderment and actually then acting like in a natural environment versus in even you know Sword and Shield they're kind of just walking around in an animation cycle which is nice but like mm-hmm. this is what I would have wanted that wild area to be um, more natural looking versus uh, what we got yeah definitely I think uh, if anything it makes you want want to invest more in, into Pokemon le- ner- uh, knowing more about them because I mean with every new generation we get a bunch of new Pokemon and it's very easy mm-hmm. to forget the ones from the last generation or to sort of like try to learn all these 100 new Pokemon uh, and I think through this scenario it's a more inclined to learn more about them and then I guess to remember them as well yeah, uh, I do want to mention uh, one of my favorite clips that you put in your video was of the uh, I can't remember the, the 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 poison Pokemon from Gen Eight or Gen the the Isle, Alola region, um, where was they're the... hunting the 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 Cursola. You can see them swarming around. Yeah, yeah they're all like running around here. Like, oh, Marini so or whatever. Like, yeah, Mar- exactly, Marini. Yeah, there yeah. you go. We're like in the Pokedex. For those who don't know, in the Pokedex for that game. Marini was, I think it was either in Corsa's Pokedex or Marini's Pokedex. Uh, I would say that they would basically like eat it or kill it. And I was its natural predator. And then in Sword and Shield, you get the ghost form of Corsola. So I, I just wanted to mention that I really love the little like tidbit you put in there. I didn't know that was in the game. Um, so um, normally we, we kind of switch off after you like play more games. But I'm curious, what do you, what, uh, what is your position at Five Five Games and like how long you've been there? What's your, what's your backstory? You know, stuff like that. Uh, I've been there for, I started like in mid-March, so it's almost been two months now. Um, I use support, and so that means I'm usually like the middleman between like customers trying to find, or finding bugs in our games, and then me trying to fix those bugs, or communicating with our development teams, and uh, trying just to solve any issues that people have with our games. Awesome, cool, cool, cool. And, uh, well, and just because I, I like to ask this question, like, what's your origin story? Uh, for video games, like what, what was the game that what was the game that kind of made you go, yes, this is what I want to do, or this is what I'm passionate about? I don't think there's like an inherent like own, like single game that got me into them. Uh, I was kind of forcefully born into. Uh, I was born and kind of just inherited the Super Nintendo and an N64. <laughs> I was kind of like the uh, the excuse by my father, my father, like who, what newborn or what new father buys their first son an n64 for their birth like that doesn't make any sense but that's that's what my dad did he was like oh i'm gonna have a son i already have a super nintendo i'm gonna buy him a nintendo 64 i couldn't hold the thing for like three years so i kind of just got born into it and so i grew up playing a lot of uh like super mario all-stars uh mario 64 including pokemon snap and a bunch of other first party 64 games when i was like three to four years old this would have been about like 1999 Oh no! Early 2000s. You're a baby. Yeah, I'm yeah. <laughs> I'm, I'm. I think as far as I know, too, I might be the youngest employee at 505 right now. At least I, I just oh. beat whoever the youngest one is there. So definitely, definitely young. Uh, I was born in '96, so uh, playing a lot of like N64 games and just playing with my cousins around Christmas time. A lot of like Super Mario Part or Mario Party Two, Mario Party One. Sorry, I lost our Fox 64. It pretty much just grew up in that N64 era, and that was like probably the 
the console I, I associate myself with the most in terms of early age. It's the one console I still own that I never sold. So, like, this thing's oh, nice. as, old, as old as I am, and it's still here. Awesome. Okay, you mentioned Returnal, which, uh, unfortunately, Justin has a PS5. I don't have a PS5. I just bought a new PC, which I'll get into that when I start. When it's uh, I, to my as a PS5 owner, I will trade you if you have like a, a thirty series card. I will give you this PS5. Uh, and trade. I could. I don't think it's that because uh, I didn't pay that much. I pay. Uh, <laughs> I, I don't think it's that. It's... Um, but. It's it's decent. But it was a, like, I, I was a, a Radeon sixteen fifty super or something like that. I don't know. Good graphics card. Uh, I, yeah, it, it's it's better than what I had before. Yeah, That's, <laughs> I, I'll get into the specifics uh, in a minute. But I'm really curious about Returnal because I've right, seen I'm streams of it and um, and stuff like that. So, um, what, what can you tell what can you tell uh, the people about Returnal? Um, I was very skeptical and cautiously optimistic about it. Um, being a game from Housemark, I have a lot of faith in Housemark. They're known for making really wonderful arcade games. Uh, one of my favorite games on PS4 and Vita was Resogun. They kind of just launched that. That was like the first, I would argue, like prominent exclusive that PlayStation had for the PS4 era. Uh, I think it was like the first free-to-play game that, or the first uh, PlayStation Plus game they had around the, the launch of the PS4. Um, and so I have no doubt that they can make stellar arcade games. But this was sort of a, a weird pivot where it, it Returnal in itself is styled to be an arcade game, but it's not in the traditional sense, like a top-down view twin stick. It's all third-person. Um, and so from that angle, I thought it was very interesting, and I was, like, excited, but also scared that this wouldn't do well. Um, if I cor- uh, recall correctly, Housemark was going to do uh, like another AAA effort game prior to this. And then they ended up can, uh, canning that project. And so what came out of it was mm-hmm. Return. Um, and so I guess impressions of Returnal is that it's equally fair as much as it is unfair. <laughs> I think there there is never a time where I played Returnal and I'm like, man, I should not have died. Like, no, I, I messed up. And yeah, I, like, I, I need to remember to dodge that specific attack. I shouldn't jump during that attack. That's my fault. Uh, I've never felt unfair in terms of like gameplay wise. Uh, I think the biggest issue that Returnal has right now is the lack of a save points. Uh, I haven't run mm. into it yet, but a t- like a lot of my coworkers at 505 and then just friends in my my Twitter mutuals have ran into issues where like, all oh, right, I'm onto the to the second biome, and you know I spent like three hours trying to get there. I finally got there. I'm gonna put my PS5 to sleep. I'll play it again in the morning. They come back and the game auto updated, and now they they lost their progress. Oh, no. Or people are getting crashes in the game like I've, I've heard people get to the final boss in the game and then the game crashed and they're just like all right well you know good luck and then i don't blame anyone who spends 70 dollars on the roguelike spends hours playing it only to get to the final boss and have the game crash i would i would not blame them if they never touch this game because i would be completely <laughs> um, you all right Callie knocked my mic over <laughs> um but yeah, in that sense, like I, I don't think Returnal is bad, um, but there are like if you unluckily fit into those specific moments, then it, it could be like one of the worst experiences in games uh, because of that. Mm. But from a gameplay standpoint, I really like the the gameplay loop. I think it's fun. Um, I despite being a roguelike, I don't really feel like it's too repetitive. The enemies feel fun. I feel like progression is great. Um, the story is interesting. But it's just that save point thing that's like the biggest factor right now that 
Um, I don't like if anyone's like cautiously just doesn't want to buy it right now. I don't blame them. No, I I get that. It's I think it's really interesting that um, uh, Hades, which obviously was one of a, a huge get from last year uh, mm-hmm. from a lot of people, um, that was a roguelike. And like now this this is technically like the first big triple A roguelike game. And um, I, I it, to me it feels like they, this game kind of just disappeared. And then when as we approach its release, they oh marketing 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 marketing, and now it's mm-hmm. out. And um, so I'm really curious. Uh, I know I think it said it's coming to PC. So if it and uh, I'll try to get it then because uh, I, you can't buy a PS5 still and it's been <laughs> out since November. Um, uh, it's or maybe PC, I was unaware, but uh, it I'm might, sure. I'm, I might have misread that, but um, I thought it was. It's like a, it has a year long. I think I think I read somewhere it has like a year long uh, PlayStation exclusivity, and then it'll get it'll come to PC. So I hope it does at least. Mm. It was published by them, so it'll be interesting to see if it actually does get ported. Yes. Um, uh, I've had it, I had a few people asking me about whether it would come to PS4 eventually because I guess not a lot of people think it's an intensive game, but uh, uh, it's <laughs> it's pushing like 1080 60 on a PS5. So yeah, just some perspective uh, on that one. Yeah, I saw Maximilian dude stream it, and I was like, and and I never thought about coming to PS4, but the fact that people are thinking, I'm like, the PS4 would probably go on fire trying to run this yeah. or run it very at a low resolution or frame rate there's plenty of games that have come out on ps4 that probably shouldn't have like avengers um the yeah. Cy- cyberpunk yeah resident evil 8 probably <laughs> Pro- yeah that's gonna be interesting although well, you know, we'll see how that goes i'll be the guinea pig for that one um okay uh at least anything else you want to say man about about returnal um keep an eye on it i don't know if you should spend 70 dollars on it right now while it's having the save point issue um the uh the workaround would be to hit the options tab on your game and hit do not auto update and just hope that it never crashes on you i've never had that issue and i've been playing for like 15 ish hours already so i haven't ran into it but i there's definitely people who have and if you find yourself on the wrong end of that then i it's gonna be terrible all right, uh, let's go ahead and move on to Justin. Justin, what have you been playing this week, my dude? Um, I've also been playing Pokemon Snap. Um, I think I'll I'll save that for the end, though. Um, I have been continuing my journey of Ratchet and Clank games. Um, I finished the PS2 era, and I will hopefully have that video out soon. Um, I spent all weekend upstairs, kind of watching my uh my cat that's recovering from surgery i didn't want her going downstairs so i just didn't come down to my office um my plan was to edit this weekend but oh well um but yeah anyway i'm on to the ps3 era with uh ratchet clank future tools of destruction um and at first i was like it, it was kind of a nice like you know generational jump for it i was like oh yeah like this is this is this is really cool like the you know the graphics obviously are better like, there's a lot more uh, detail to the geometry and everything, cinematic camera angles. But, like, I've started seeing some of the jank pretty quick in this game. Um, like, you'll you'll hit, like, a, um, a box full of bolts, and the ones above it will just sit there, <laughs> like, floating in the air. Um, mm-hmm. And, like, weird, like, you clip through geometry type things. Um the camera that was never really a problem before, like, is awful. Uh, there's certain points when, like, 
you just can't move it for some reason. Like, it's in a terrible position. Um, you should have full control over it. It's not like a static camera situation or anything, but it just doesn't move in the way you need it to. So, like, despite being able to strafe and kind of aim freely, you're just kind of shooting blindly and hoping you kill the enemies so you can get out of the corner you're stuck in. Um, little things like that that are just kind of, you know, killing the experience a little bit. But it's also just, like, kind of generic. Like, it doesn't feel as, um, as, like, revolutionary and unique as the first three did. And maybe it's just because, like, you're going kind of back to some of the same worlds and stuff. Uh, but, you know, better looking. But it's just, like, visually nothing really stands out. Um, and the new art style that's supposed to be all, you know, next-gen and pretty kind of just looks fuzzy. <laughs> like, it's not running at, well, probably 720 because it's PS3. I don't know. I'm not sure what to think of it yet. Like, I'm enjoying my time with it, but it also just kind of feels like more of the same. Like, they're not taking any risks with it, despite being on a new console with more powerful tech and stuff. Um, so, I gotta I gotta play more. It's only been a few hours, but... Yeah. From what I hear, from at least from just picking up stuff, the PS3 wasn't exactly the most easy to develop for. That's um, true. So, it's, 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 it could be that. Um, and this was a... It wasn't a launch title, but it was pretty early on in the PS3's life. Um, like, it is riddled with unnecessary six-axis motion gimmicks. Uh, and none of them are fun. <laughs> There's literally a weapon where you, like, you throw out these mini tornadoes, and you wiggle your controller around to steer the tornadoes. Like, mid-combat. Oh, no. Not gonna upgrade that one. It's pretty bad. <laughs> um, but yeah, anyway... Aside from that, um, I did jump into some more Avengers. Uh, there was like a special event going on for the last week or two. Um, that was like, I think it was the uh, like a Tachyon mission chain where you could uh, um, you could have multiple hero, multiple of the same hero in your party. And there were certain missions where like you had to be at least two of the same hero doing the mission, which was kind of cool because there's only like eight heroes or something so in a four-player game like you know it, it can be hard to team up with someone when it's like who's your main thor who's your main also thor okay i guess we're not gonna play together like you know that sucks so it's kind of cool that they opened that up um weird that it was a timed event but still pretty cool and <sighs> the event itself is pretty cool like it was a good excuse to jump back into you know, the same old missions that have been available for a while, um, and kind of like a, in, in a new light, but the rewards did not feel worth it in some cases. Uh, like the one where you have to do like three tachyon missions as two of the same hero, the tachyon missions are the worst things in the game because they put, uh, they put like a time limit on the mission, uh, and you basically have to collect these like glowing orbs to renew your time. Um, so, like, as you're going, you're, you know, trying to grab these orbs, uh, to keep your time at, like, a minute. Like, all you have is a minute. Um, and you're picking up, like, 10 or 12 seconds at a time, uh, repeatedly, basically, because it takes you, you know, two or three seconds to find one, <laughs> and then you're getting 12 seconds from it. So, yeah. Um, and then all of the enemies are, like, super armored. Uh, so it's just, like, they're just bullet sponges. And when you're already on the clock, 
Like, you're constantly running away from combat to go grab more time and then running back. Um, and the, like, the Tachyon Storm causes basically, like, a poison effect that constantly ticks away at your health. So, these missions are not fun. And me and my friend that I was playing with, we don't use any of the same characters. So, in order, in order to use two of the same character, uh, we, there was only one Tachyon mission we could actually do. That was, like, a low-level one. Um, so we had to do that one three times. And it was not good. <laughs> so that that was, the, like, the last thing we did. And it kind of killed the... Um, killed the enjoyment of, you know, grinding out those missions in the game a little bit. But I still love the game. Like, I want more content for... Like, more new content for it. This was, like I said, just kind of grinding out old content again for new rewards. Um, but, like... Also, I keep playing it. Like it's it's still really enjoyable. <laughs> um, I'm just I'm ready for more new missions and stuff. Because like I got Hawkeye, did his story stuff, and then didn't really have another chance to do anything with him because this Tachyon thing came out, and so we both played as Iron Man because that was like our kind of equally highest. Like there was still like a hundred power level disparity between us, but it was like the closest one that we had to each other. So we were playing Iron Man forever. Um, and I haven't really had any reason to play Hawkeye again because there's no new content to use with him. And I don't really want to just grind out the old stuff again just because. So I want like I want more reasons to play it. But um and then aside from those I think it's just Pokemon Snap, actually. Um so I'm actually pretty far. Uh, I am... I don't want to say spoilers, but I am... Um, I don't know how to say it without it being kind of spoilery. I mean, it's it's like... is I feel like as long as you don't tell somebody how to solve the secret puzzle, you're good. But like if... Like the different regions... I don't know if there fine. are secret puzzles. Um, I've, I've been seen on Twitter that like I've heard people ask about them, so I think they oh, are. Fair enough. Like, the scan function doesn't seem to find that kind of stuff. It finds, like, alternate routes and stuff, but whatever. Uh, I oh, am yeah. past the uh, the travelogue that they're following. So, like, there's a there's kind of an old adventurer-type guy that, um, that went around the world, like, seeking out the Illumina Pokemon, which is kind of like a, like a natural phenomenon that is supposedly a myth. Um, and his travelogue ends at a certain point, and they're like, we found more. Um, and I'm there. But oh, cool. there's actually, like, there's a lot of places you go to. That's why it's kind of hard to say. Um, oh. Like, I, I like the story elements of this game a lot. I didn't expect there to be a story, but, like, there's full voice acting and everything. Like, it's kind of cool. Um, and, like, the biomes make a lot of sense. Kind of like what, like what you said, Lewis, where it's like, um, you know, the way they interact with each other, like, is really fun and kind of, like, adds a, a, some personality to the world of Pokemon that you don't see in normal games when it's just, you know, three frames vital animation and a, a butt wiggle to do every attack. <laughs> um, but I am, like, one thing I'm kind of missing in this that was, like, one of my favorite things in the original are some of those, like, environmental interaction things. 
like you know for example in the in the original game like when you uh hit charmander with an apple or sorry charmeleon with an apple and he falls into the lava and evolves into char uh charizard like i haven't had any of those moments and it's possible they're there and i just haven't figured them out but like those kind of like environmental puzzle elements to find new pokemon um at least haven't been clear um, I, but I don't want to look them up either, so like I'm kind of hurting myself because I, I'm sure those weren't clear either, and it was just like your friends were like, "Hey, did you know about this?" And you go back and do it, um, or like you know in the power plant when you like make a trail of apples for the Pikachu and they like light up the um, the alternate path out of the power plant, like those kind of cool things, um. There's been some hints that there might possibly be those kinds of things, but it seems like a lot of the, like, what would be a puzzle is just gained from getting a higher research level and going back into the level, and then you find the thing that was a mystery. Um, like, one thing that I don't know is, like, in the first level, there's, like, these uh, charred fluff fruits or whatever at the base of a tree, and, like, every single time I pass it, there's, like, a scan thing that says, like, I wonder what caused this charring. I don't know. I haven't figured it out yet. It's the first level. I, I have no idea. <laughs> um, so, like I said, it's possible there are those secrets. I just, I haven't found them. But I also just kind of get distracted, like, watching the Pokemon do their things. Um, mm-hmm. Like, when uh, one of my favorite pictures I've gotten is a Pelipper with a, a Pukey Muk... Muk- <sighs> Saying Pokemon names sounds so stupid. <laughs> um... Uh, what is that? Puku Muku? How do you say that? The little black thing with the spikes on it. It's the th- I know what you're talking about. I don't know the name either, but it's like it's in its mouth, it's... right? Yeah. 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 It's in the mouth of the Pelipper. And if you like uh, do a scan or throw an Illumina Orb or something, I don't remember exactly what you do, but you do something with the Pelipper and it opens its mouth and the, the Puky thingy... Uh, like, sticks its little hand appendage out and, like, gives you a peace sign. And it's the cutest thing. <laughs> Although from the side, it actually looks like it's flipping you off. But that's beside the point. <laughs> um, it's so adorable. And it's, like, those little things, like, you could totally miss if you don't do the right interaction with the right Pokemon are just so fun. Um, and even just the natural phenomenon. Like, when I first got into the volcano and um, there was a group of Pokemon being chased... And you can, like, watch them get chased through the whole level if you don't stop it. Like, yeah. There, there's a lot of love and, like, attention put into the world here. Um, and the moments that you can capture and also just the moments you can see passively are so entertaining that, like, I don't mind that the game moves at a crawl. And, like, you know, it takes five to ten minutes to get through each level <laughs> before you get the speed up option. Um and even, like, at some point you get the ability to uh, just do a tour around the research center. And, like, that's charming, too, even though you've been there the whole time. Like, you still get to see little details that you didn't know otherwise. Yeah. It's it's just, it's a lot of fun. Like, when I was just kind of chilling on the couch all weekend, it was a great distraction. Um, well, I could still keep an eye on my cat. And I just, I didn't want to stop. Like, it was beautiful outside, and I'm like, no, nah, I'm good. <laughs> it's just a little thing sometimes. Um, 
But yeah, I think that's about it for me. Awesome, cool. Uh, I'll talk briefly about Pokemon Snap because I actually I think okay I, I've officially have played the least amount here. I've only done the first course uh, mm. twice. Uh, just unlocked the night version, so I'm looking forward to playing that. Yeah, the day and night's really cool, too. I forgot to mention that. So, uh, they talk about Lumina Pokemon, but I'm immediately happy with this presentation. Um, it's so pretty. Uh, it's so crisp for what it is. Uh, I think it looks... I, I think I prefer to look at, look at it in handheld mode, um, just <laughs> because of this, like, I don't know, just, like, it feels like I'm holding a camera and everything like that. Have you tried um, the motion it, controls for the camera? Uh, I can't on my on my handheld because the controllers I have do not support that because I have the big oh right split pad pro which are by the way those are nice if you have big hands like me um but they don't have HD rumble so uh I probably will try them with my pro controller at some point but um so far I'm just doing pure analog which seems to be working fine mm-hmm. uh yeah I, I like it. I can't really say much on it but like yeah this is Pokemon Snap it looks pretty and I like that there's more Pokemon I legit flipped out when I saw Florges in that beautiful <laughs> field of flowers i'm like yeah. oh my god this is so pretty uh so um yeah i'll definitely definitely uh definitely a long wait since uh, the last game came out but i think definitely worth it uh it's mind boggles me that this didn't come out on the wii U with the actual gamepad like you could use as a camera but hey we're here it's, it's all that matters maybe mm-hmm. it wasn't development for the wii u and the, okay this console's clearly dying so let's move it over here it did um, release the virtual console, I think, on on Wii U with gyros. Yes. Did they? Gyro. Did that gyro? I did not know I be- that part. I believe so. I might be wrong on that, but I, they definitely re-released it on Wii U with like yeah. gamepad controls. Uh, but I, I recall it also having motion controls, but hmm. I might be wrong on that. That'd be All neat. Right. Well, I, I don't have. I have a Wii U. It's still hooked mm-hmm. up, thankfully, but I do not have Snap on there. So maybe <laughs> I'll have to do some investigative reporting on that. Uh, besides the fact, I'll tell a quick story of, like, I have a new gaming PC. Um, and uh, it's beautiful. I love it. And um, I'll go ahead and read the specs off right now. Uh, just some brief ones. It, it's a CPU. is a Ryzen 5 3600. Uh, computer size of 16 gigabytes. Graphics uh, of Geo, GeForce GTX 1650 Super 4 gigabyte GDDR6. Uh, with a 500 gigabyte SSD. So far, that's my only drawback. Not because it's an SSD, but because it's only 500 gigabytes. Then I saw the price of higher SSDs. I'm like, oh, yeah, okay, yeah. That would yep. have driven the price like crazy. Um, but uh, after not having the correct cord for my monitor, because my monitor used the VGA port, got a new cable, um, and uh, everything hooked it up. It turns on beautifully, and oh my god, like... Uh, I knew this is going to be the thing for me because uh, I streamed on Sunday uh, and I was trying to stream from my Switch, but unfortunately um, my uh, capture device was not registering with Streamlabs at all. So I'm like, hmm, I'm frustrated, but what am I going to do? You know what? Fuck it. Here's a good time to see how well my PC can handle streaming <laughs> high, a good game uh, or uh, and and you know at the same time. Boot up Street Fighter Five. It's the only game I have downloaded so far because it was the, that was the test. Because I love Street Fighter, okay, and I couldn't. And this game has been lagging on me for like at least past four years, just because my old one was slowly not dying, but just couldn't handle it as much. Um, played it, streamed it, butterly smooth, even when playing online, except for the when the connection got bad. But that's not my PC's fault. And then I looked at, um, thankfully, Stream has like has like a performance thing. I was like, okay, what's the, how much how much performance was the generating? So it never went above fifty percent. It was like per like a kitten. I was like, this is amazing. 
Like, like, so like I mean, now Street old. Fighter Five isn't exactly like a benchmark game either. <laughs> it's 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 not, but like the fa- like on my old PC, I couldn't do that at all. So yeah, like, this is a miracle. So like the fact that like if I want to stream Street Fighter Five, I can do that with ease and it's no problem. Um, and probably older PC games too. Like like uh, I own the Arkham Quadrilogy on on Steam. So like I could do those just as easily. I it, you know obviously when we get into more current stuff like say like i like i think my true first benchmark will be the median which is on xbox game pass for pc that's going to be like okay what that'll what we'll, i'll use my test for you'll be able um, to run it yeah yeah I, I at least i hope so uh i mean it's not exactly uh so, but we'll we'll see uh but for now like because i don't usually play a lot of super intensive games so i'm not worried about it i'm just worried about it being being able to stream and at the same time so it works out perfectly needs to say i'm very happy with this thing it's it's the LED lights are very pretty. I have to turn them. I have to turn the setting on to certain points so they don't distract me. So um, now they're just kind you got to get a cool like LED ambiance like I have. Yeah, <laughs> don't want to be. It makes the computer go faster. Yeah, it's true. <laughs> I have to, I, really, I just don't. I just I feel like I'd be doing this. Like, yeah, I don't want to do that. But needs to say I'm happy. Um, I'll probably be, like expect more. Basically, for anybody who watches me on Twitch, expect more, uh, in, including in, yeah. besides just my Switch stuff, uh, more PC streaming stuff too. So that that'll be a lot of fun. Uh, outside of that, uh, I've played. I've beat the uh, 2013 Tomb Raider reboot on Xbox One because that, even though I own it on PC and it can run well, it actually ran pretty well on my old one because it's an older game. Um, I was replaying it on console. Um, just because it was, a, I think that is a little bit more powerful. The One X is probably a lot more powerful than my PC. Um, and uh, I don't know; I could be wrong. I don't. I don't know. Spec. You're not giving your new that game came out on 360 too. Yeah, that's 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 right. That's yeah, right. you're not giving um, your new PC enough credit. That's true. I'm not used to having this much power, man. Yeah. Now I know how Thanos felt. <laughs> um, so, but I, but I already had them downloaded here. So, and I don't want to have too many games because my my solid state drive only can hold so much. So I'm trying to be cautious right now. I have a backup plan, but I don't want to get into that now. Um, Tomb Raider 2013 is still fantastic. Like, uh, you know, it's a very great ending to the game. Um, and I, I still really liked it. I still like the ending where she gets the double gun, you know, alluding to her past and stuff like that. It's still a fun game. And this is technically only the second or third time I've beaten it. I didn't bother 100%. The first two times I, I grabbed everything, um, like all the little knickknacks in each region. There's only like five option rooms, which... Maybe I shouldn't be surprised considering it came out on 360 first, but like it's like a rare achievement on Xbox One uh, X. So I'm like, hmm. Only like eight percent of people have like done like the five optional tombs. Like, oh, okay, guys. <laughs> um, I, I guess so. But then I started uh, Shadow of the Tomb Raider, the sequel, which uh, I have played before. Oh, remember, Shadow is the, <laughs> is the is the third one. Yeah, that's the one I haven't played. Um, there's such weird naming conventions. Like yeah. that should have been. Shadow and then third one should have been Rise, whatever. Um, I've been playing Rise of the Tomb Raider. I started. Well, see when you when it rises, it creates a shadow. Oh, uh, okay. Yeah. Uh, number one, I was impressed. I'm I'm pretty deep into it now, but I was immediately impressed with how visually it, it improved from what the version the first game to the second game with lighting. It's mm-hmm. it's you know it's area effect, but also like the character animations. Like they everything looks so much more realistic looking i was like oh my god like that's that's the jump that i'm like i'm talking yeah it's a generational jump yeah yeah it's crazy i i just didn't notice it back then um it's a real beautiful game like i don't know why who thought it was a good idea to give a to give lara a concussion 
twice within the opening 10 minutes, but whatever. Also, this game, um, the first one was very anxiety-driven or more like wincing just because Lara was in a lot of pain. Mm -hmm. This one is very anxiety-inducing just because it's a lot a lot of sections going through narrow hallways or swimming underwater, just like going through really tight crevices. And like, I'm not like, like I'm claustrophobic to an extent, but like this is like, okay, get out of here, get out of here. And we're out. Okay, uh, open air, awesome, let's go. Uh, but it's so great. I forgot how much uh, survival instincts they put into this game. Like uh, the whole, you gotta heal yourself by crafting, by finding stuff. But like, it's not, it's not hard or anything. It's just like a, just another function. It's just press of a button. Uh, so far, I'm enjoying it though. Um, Did you punch a wolf yet? Uh, not punch. I just shot it with a bow and arrow. Okay. Um, but uh, I did. I what I do appreciate is the optional tombs in the second one being a little bit more. Not necessarily harder, but a little bit more expansive than they were in the first game. So I think that's what was everybody was disappointed with was the fact that the tombs were kind of simple and there were not enough of them. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, I'll report more back on my Tomb Raider playthrough next week. But so far, I'm definitely having a good time uh, on this. Again, I have it for PC, and I, I might download it just to see like how it looks at that on that because it probably looks a little bit better. But we'll see. I already have progress in here, so it's not cross save. What was me? Um, the only other game I played this week is Bravely Default I'm, uh, 2. I'm making progress on that game. Uh, I officially hit in the point where, like, okay, I'm on a good terms with this game. Uh, I have previously said that, like, this game is kind of not doing it for me. But um, now we've kind of got this. I'm going to get into spoilers. So, Luis, are you playing Bravely Default? Or I finished like already. You're good. Okay, cool, cool, cool. So um, I've officially gotten to the point. I just, uh, you know, the whole Lord of Dragons saga in Rimdahl. And, you know, I, the turning point for me this has been, so far, still not gelling with the party as a cohesive unit. Um, but I like them individually, so it's fine. Um, but I think entering this moment where uh, when you... Uh, this uh, priest's daughter... I think it's a priest. I can't remember his exact, his exact title. Um, uh, is thrown uh, into the dragon's mouth, which is... It look, it's called dragon's mouth because it looks like a den, like a, like a crevice... That looks like a dragon's mouth. So you go down there to uh, to find her to see maybe she's alive or something. Uh, and um, you and you and her father's there. Somehow he avoids the monsters, but whatever. It's RJ. You just got to go with that stuff. Like how'd you get here so fast? Um, and like they don't show it, but like the implication is that you just see this ravine filled with the dead bodies that they killed that were killed needlessly. And uh, the enemies that you fight, Helio. Uh, and the swordmaster, who's uh, Gladys, that's her name, Gladys. Uh, you fight. Gladys is kind of like the uh, the she loves her country so much, just to do anything to protect it, including turning against her own people, who thinks who she thinks are um, you know, enemies against state. She realizes when she sees that, like, oh shit, we've been wrong this entire time. She kind of has a turn of heart. It turns into like this. Um, you learn that the guy, the archbishop, uh, as I use Catholic terms. Um, has been uh, you've heard about this invade this army that's kind of pushing its way through the world kind of in the background like you've dealt with them in the first chapter and you've dealt with like sub lieutenants of theirs like agents of theirs throughout the game but this guy is like work is another one and he's basically there to clean house to like the reason why he started this berry hunt is to weed out dissenters so that way the arm their army can come in and basically just take over no bloodshed and all those other forces that we out them so it doesn't happen you unfortunately you do kill like their 
church leader, which is that's kind of unfortunate because he had been he had his mind twisted. Um, but it's just all really good stuff. And then like all of a sudden, the fucking invading army is just here, and it becomes like that moment in Final Fantasy IV where you go to say one of the crystals, and you have to just have to fight a wave of enemies. So it's like, you know, it, it's it's really cool in that. Also, they had larger health than normal, and I don't understand why they had like boss level health, but. Like they didn't hit as hard. It was a little weird, but it was still cool. The music that was that was the first time in this game that the music actually hit something for me. It was like, oh, okay, let's go, let's go, let's go. Now I beat that, got the new job, got all this stuff. It struck clicking for me. Now I'm back into like, okay, what are we doing now? So then you get reports that uh, the three places you you visited that, that you started in this game, um, Halcyonia, Wizworld. And oh God, I can't remember the desert place to save my life, but they are being in, officially invaded by the army. So they're making their move. It's time now. So now you have a choice. You you can go to any one of these three at any one time. So it's like, but once you go to a, a, a city, you have to stay there until the problem is solved. So I'm like, so is this the repeat moment? that that like the first two games have were like okay now you're redoing a cycle because you're having me revisit another area i really hope it's not because that's gonna be really disappointing but it sounds like the, there's new enemies like it looks like in uh Wizwald, which is like a big forest place there's zombies invading so a lot of undead so i'm i'm curious I'm, I'm i'm not like i'm not losing hope but i'm like okay i'm still waiting for that hook that that first game had um to to get me um so uh, I no, no, I don't want to I don't want to know specifically, but like uh, I'm I'm just getting anxious a little bit. But the gameplay is so solid. I'm still enjoying the new uh, class. I'm really liking the Swordmaster class a lot. Uh, the uh, the the job you get from Helio, which is like he's not a healer, but like he can have he has like uh, he can um, summon a spirit that can regenerate uh, your health over time. Not a lot, but it's marginal enough to want to like just just put it out there. Um, he can basically get re-raise on you automatically. Uh, it, it's this is some really cool stuff, and I still love the fact that leveling jobs in this game is way easier than it was in the first game. Um, so that makes it not not as much of a burden. Uh, but I'm like, and I played Monster Hunter with uh, with uh, Thomas. Um, that was a lot of fun. We got our asses kicked, but not much to report on that. We're still in low rank. We're still high rank, low rank, as I'm calling it now. Um, but still enjoying that game so so much. But yeah, that's that's all I've been playing this week. You know, kind of, I like the diverse. Yeah, yes. well, very diverse selection of games. <laughs> yeah, I I, I, t- I tend to try to change things up. I get I, I I attribute it to my ADHD where I just can't fixate on one thing unless it's like something that like truly hooks me. Like like for me it was Hades at the end of the year last year. I played nothing but Hades for like three weeks. I feel so like odd out uh, with Hades because I played that, I guess technically a year before it t- it blew up because I was playing oh. it in early access. So I, I by the time I was done with it or at least caught up with the early access, like it was still six months away from blowing up. So when it, when everyone was playing it, I was like, yeah, like have you guys not been playing this game for the last year? I'm like confused. I'm like, because everyone's like, oh, Hades is so good. I'm like, yeah, this has been out for a while. Uh, so I, I feel like super left out on that train, but uh, I'm glad that people are finally playing it. Yeah, it was it was my game of the year last year. Um, no, I, no, it was not. It was second. Uh, but it, it's not my fault. Streets of Rage Four came out in that year, so last year. Okay, so ladies and gentlemen, thank you for listening. Uh, we are going to take a quick commercial break. 
Uh, and when we come back, we will head right into the news, so stay tuned. I still don't know if these ads are working. I hope so. Yes. Um, I'd ask Thomas, but he doesn't see them, so... <laughs> uh, let me get the news pulled up, I think, because... I know, I think they changed the rules, or, like, Prime doesn't see them, but sometimes if they will, like, if it's mandatory ads, then they will. I don't know. Yeah. Um... Lewis, some some dude is like spamming hate at you in the chat, so I had to block him. <laughs> oh, uh, who who is it? Aiden. I don't know who that is. What the hell? I don't know. Said so you kicked them from your server. Oh no! If they did, it must have been a while ago. I have no idea. Mm. Yeah. No, 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 But if I kick them, feel free to kick them. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> I'm not concerned about it. I just thought you should know. <laughs> uh, I was like, oh, all right. Okay. Oh. Yeah, he's banned. Uh, it wouldn't let so me ban from Streamlabs for some reason, so I just did a block. But thank you, Thomas. Uh, I think it's been a minute. <laughs> Close enough, at least. I was busy I getting the news set up. Sorry. Uh, what are we starting with? We will be starting going from top to bottom, so Super Mario Party on downward. Cool. All right. We still don't have a news tune, so I guess just start it. Okay, so hello, everybody. Welcome to the news section of the Char Shots Gamescast, uh, where we talk about the uh, the news that, the news of the week or so. Luckily, it's a light week this week, thankfully. And surprisingly, the biggest and most shocking news update of the week was that Super Mario Party gets an online update two years after it came out. Um... Wild. This is coming uh, courtesy of IGN. Um, uh, just to cover, I, those who own Nintendo subscription will be able to dig into the game's new online modes right away after downloading a free update. If you're not familiar, Mario Party... Okay, that doesn't go with it. Um, let's see. We'll modify the game so that players can host and play matches online. Uh, so yeah, it has party modes, an offline co-op, stuff like that. So basically, I think it adds the board mode game too as yeah. well. It yeah, already so had not... limited online. Like you could basically yeah. do like a a collection of mini games online, but this adds full online access for the entire board mode, the two v two mode, um, and like ba- basically the whole game is online now instead. Yeah, which is really it's cool. Out of nowhere. Yeah. Nowhere though. Like like, like what... I loved this game. Why? Like it was. It's a really good Mario Party game. It's just. You know, in COVID times, like, no one was playing it. (laughs) Well, and also, even before COVID times, like, people were wondering, like, it would have been nice. Like, just because it's hard to... We're adults. It's hard to get together in person for a thing if it's not, like, a convention or something. I played it one weekend with a friend when I was visiting him because he had the game. And I was like, yeah, this is great. I'm not going to buy it, though, because I don't have anyone to play with. (laughs) Yeah, I imagine this must have been something, like... Some developers were in a room for a few months bored, and they're just like, "What if we did this?" And they did it because there's outside of like the whole pandemic, there isn't a real reason why they would add this. What three years after it came out? Yeah. Um, and it's been, like the game was developed by ND, and they're actively hiring for their next project, which is spoilers another Mario Party game. Um, so for them to be like, you know, what's the biggest issue with our last game online? You know what we're probably going to end up fixing in the next one? Online. 
let's fix it before we make another one. Yeah, it, test it on the like, existing fan base. Yeah, I'm like, I guess, th- like, if you look at it from that angle, maybe it'll work. But also, like, if if that was like the biggest issue with your last game, and you're probably going to release a new one pretty soon, that kind of like their biggest selling point would probably be that. I don't know if that's like the greatest idea either. Um, it just seems like a very bizarre move from them, but not one I would. Com- I'm complaining about. It's like, cool, free update. Biggest issue with the game for me personally. So happy it's out. Right. Yeah. Once it goes on uh, sale, I'm definitely going to pick it up now. Yeah, I guarantee there, you, physical. I guarantee you, your GameStop that had physical copies this past weekend does not have physical copies <laughs> anymore. There's there's some sale going on. I don't know if Mario Party is included, but there's like I, I'm mentioning it now because there's like never a Nintendo sale, but there's like some of their first party games are twenty bucks off right now. I was tempted to get Fire Emblem for forty bucks, but like I just got Pokemon Snap. I'm fine. Fire Emblem's an investment. My God, I still haven't done the other playthroughs. Okay, so going from uh, one unexpected news to another. This concerning the Castlevania uh, Dreamcast game that was uh, uh, supposedly lost, but now uh, that was found uh, and now has been officially dumped. Um, so yeah, this is coming from Kotaku. Earlier this month, it has appeared as, as if Castlevania Resurrection it canceled Sega Dreamcast project from the thousands. Someone escaped the dark and finds a Konami warehouse somewhere. Now everyone has a chance to play that bill uh, thanks to a game preservation to having archived that or having earlier. Uh, and there's actually a video uh, on the Kotaku article that showed it go, goes through in case you can't figure it out or something like that. Um, so we'll go into that. Uh, number one, I until I think I heard another podcast talk about this that before it was dumped when it was initially found. I was like, there was a Castlevania prototype for the <laughs> Dreamcast. That's crazy because I don't uh, like you know. There's I don't think there's any um, uh, con- not a lot of Konami stuff on on the second Dreamcast. I'm like that's prominent at least. There's not a lot of Konami stuff at all right now. That's true. That's very. That's very much true. Um, but I looked. I looked at the footage, and it's maybe I'm being mean to a game that should have come out in like 2000, 2001, 99. This looks like it. It was like meant for the, the Sega Saturn, based on like how it looks and how it animates. I could be wrong, but it, I love the Sega Saturn. So that's a charm for me. But that it's cool that. Uh, this game is available. You can play this version, and it, it's going to exist. And it's, that's the biggest news so far of it. I mean, there was a lot of ugly. Well, not a lot, but pretty much every Castlevania game back then, like 3D Castlevania game back then, was ugly. So I don't think this is unusually looking <laughs> for the time. I just think it looks more like a Saturn game than a Dreamcast game because Dreamcast game, man, that was those look nice. To me, it looks like a. I don't know why it reminds me of like Soul Reaver, like a pitch for it. Like if someone was trying to make Soul Reaver, this would be like the pitch deck for it. I, I can see yeah. that. Yeah. That I mean, it does look like an like an early to mid PS One game. Yeah, I'm trying to think of like what games would have been out like in the early 2000s. And like, like think of Dreamcast. I think of like Crazy Taxi, Sonic Adventure, and then like I don't know. I, I can kind of see this being on the console, but it definitely is like a slower paced game than what's already found there. Yeah. The walking speed definitely has issues. And like the fact that enemies like don't seem like they're um, built for a 3d space. Like this gives me strong, like Mega Man X seven vibes where you can just walk well, around every enemy. <laughs> it, uh, it reminds me of like when, uh, when they first showed off like the tech demo for Ocarina of time, that wasn't really what Ocarina of time turned out to be, but uh-huh. 
it's like let's let's literally just make the thing we make already in 2d into 3d and this is what it looks like and right that this is exactly that not necessarily a fun looking thing but it is the 2d thing in 3d mm-hmm. yeah I will say I like the backgrounds, the sort of the, the you can see the crystal, uh, the the glass windows stuff like that. I like that Castlevania. When I think of like Rondo of Blood, Symphony of the Night, I kind of I get that imagery. So that's cool that they tried to maintain it in this game. Um, unfortunately, we'll never know because it, it it will never get a finished version of this game. But the fact that we have something of it, I think that's 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 really I think neat. Yeah, I mean, a few weeks ago we talked about game preservation. Like it's always cool when this stuff gets you know preserved in a way. Like just for gaming history's sake, even if it's not worth playing. <laughs> Shout out to you, Tim Button Gamer. Yeah. Uh, so next up is concerning Halo Infinite. Uh, we get an update about it, but apparently Halo Infinite will support cross-play and cross-progression between Xbox and PC. This is um, So yeah, announced on Xbox Wire, the move is being pitched. Uh, it will support multiplayer, cross-play, and cross-progression across PC. Uh, Xbox, uh, so that means not just Microsoft Store and Steam, uh, or not just Microsoft, Microsoft Store, but Microsoft Store and Steam. Um, this, of course, says here Xbox One and Xbox Series X and S. Um, the move is being pitched by Microsoft as a way to build communities around games, not devices, and we'll see customization and game progress follow you across all platforms, as well as that you play with anyone on any available platforms, as previously confirmed. Um, so that this is like really cool mm-hmm. um because what like I, I keep telling people like if if mortal kombat 11 had like a cross like progression thing i would totally buy it again either from my xbox or this bad boy that i'm touching right now <laughs> um and uh but i don't want to grind all that but the fact that like i could play halo infinite on my xbox one x right there and be like you know what i want i want it to look a little prettier I can then my information is still safe and my progression is still safe. I can play it on this bad boy, probably, and you know at least I think I don't know. Um, and like I that's that's really cool. That's being to me being very uh, pro consumer, which is odd uh, considering it's Microsoft's history, but they've been very good at that recently. Yeah, I mean this is going to be their first Halo game that. Not doesn't take advantage of the PC hardware, but it is from the ground up being developed co- coincide with the console and the PC. Uh, we have the Master Chief Collection, which took a long time to get pretty good on console, and now it is on PC and it's actively being updated for PC. I, I think it'll be interesting to see Infinite uh, sort of take advantage of that from the get go. Um, I think that's why you're seeing all this uh, like promotion of like uh, widescreen support. Uh, a cross inter- or a cross integration between console and PC like saves because that's not really a thing that worked in, in other Halo games before. I'm excited to see what, how it turns out. Hopefully, uh, better than the uh, reveal trailer. <laughs> it's also it's just a benefit of Microsoft being Microsoft because they own both the console and the PC side, so they can kind of manage that cross progression. Granted, they don't own the Steam side. But, like, they can work on that because it's the same game as on the Microsoft Store. It's just through a different storefront. Um, I'm surprised it's even still coming to last generation platform yeah. like, with everything that's happening. I fully expected them to be like, you know what? You know, we hear your feedback. We're canceling the last gen one. We're, we're going to we'll work on this now. But I feel like they nope. can't at this point, but it's going to hurt them. 
Yeah. Um, I mean, I, I can't imagine like the Xbox One VCR from like 2013 running this thing, but right. I'm going to try it. Uh, Stranger Miracles has happened. See Monster Hunter, uh, which that game probably shouldn't run the way it runs, and somehow they do, and that's on inf- technic- inferior hardware. So you never know. Yeah. Magic and wizardry can happen if you. Ch- obviously, it's not just the power. I believe it's the power of you know development teams working together to try to find a solution. But we'll see. Hopefully, in what's this game supposed to come out in September? Or have they not given a, re- a solid release date? I don't think they. Have I think it's release. September. Yeah, they have not given an official release date. I think. Oh, I think they okay. just said like fall. Oh, maybe, yeah. My guess would be November. All right, well, that, all right. Well, well, we'll definitely be covering more Halo news as the time goes on. So, but speaking of shooting game news, this time related to the blockbuster side of things, we have some more casting updates for the upcoming Borderlands movie. As Gina Gershon will play Moxie uh, as she rounds up the cast. Uh, lines get revealed that uh, Gershon, Jackson, Charles, blah blah. But okay, that's just reading all cast. Um, so yeah, I, 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 you, Justin, you're aware of my thoughts on the series, so yeah. I'm gonna, uh, and also Luis, if you have any thoughts on this casting news. I, yeah, I'm gonna go through all of the, the casting announcements, because there's actually some, some just solid picks in here. Um, Gina Gershon is probably the weakest, honestly. Um, I would have liked to see, like, she, she's kind of like a budget, um, Carla Gugino, and I would have liked to see her instead, like, as kind of the, you know, hot older lady. <laughs> the, the, um, but it's fine. And then we've got yeah, Cheyenne Jackson. I don't really know who he is, but he's uh, he's going to be playing the weapons maker Jacobs, um, who isn't really a character, but in the games, I mean. But it sounds like they're going more into the history, so like there's nothing to compare here. Um, and then there's Hammerlock, who is apparently engaged to Jacobs. I don't know if that's canon or not, um, but cool. Uh, I don't know who Benjamin Byron Davis is, but he looks like Marcus. Um, like he's 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 playing the arms dealer Marcus, and that's just spot on. Uh, Ryan Redmond also don't know who she is, but she's Ellie, who is also pretty accurate. I mean, obviously you can't get someone that's like ten feet tall or something and ten feet wide <laughs> like Ellie is, but you know. They're still doing a good job. Um, Bobby Lee. Love me some Bobby Lee. I was playing a new character named Larry. Um, but, I mean, he, he's going he's gonna to be great. Like, it doesn't matter who he's playing. And who I think is the best one is Stephen Boyer as Scooter, um, who is the other kind of scrapyard guy that, you know, catch it right! Um, and this guy, like, most people probably don't know who he is. But he was on a show called, I can't remember what it's called right now. Um, it was like a, it was like a funny uh, courtroom show with John Lithgow. Can't remember offhand what it was called, but he was in the show as like kind of the, like a bumbling cop in the small town. Um, and his character is basically Scooter and he looks like Scooter. Like it's. It's great. I don't know. He, he, he gets me excited. For the movie, I mean. Not, like, yeah, as a person. <laughs> I, I'm very much, like, on the camp of just let's wait and see. Like, I, I don't want to give, like, a negative opinion thus far. I'm just, right. like, cautiously optimistic on this. Um, the Kevin Hart thing really just, like, 
shocked <laughs> me when I first heard that. So I was like, all right, you know, let's not be too hasty on the judgment. Let's let's wait to see a trailer. Maybe they'll do a great job with this, but I'm like, I don't know. Like, yeah. as I hear more of the casting, I'm just like, where is this going to go? But that's the thing is like a border like Borderlands as a franchise is so absurd. And this cast is like the weirdest collection of actors ever. So like I'm kind of in for it. <laughs> I don't know. Mm-hmm. Well, hopefully we cool. get a trailer soon. I, I don't know when they start filming exactly. They're just announcing casting right now. Yeah, we probably won't get a trailer till at the earliest if they're shooting soon, probably December, early January, I would assume. Yeah. I just hope it's a stylized thing and they don't make it like just kind of bland looking, you know? Ground like lots 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 of um lack of color so because there's one thing I will say about Borderlands from the few minutes I played is that it's a very colorful game in yeah. terms of its environments, its costumes. So I hope we get let's even though I'm not a fan of the people behind it or the person behind it or the or the publisher, um uh I hope for fans are happy. But going from one controversial publisher to the next, CD Project Red is in the news. Um, as it, it, it seems like their bosses are set to receive huge bonuses because of the launch of Cyberpunk 2077. <sighs> the um, bots launch that was their fault. Yep. Uh, the CD Project uh, CEOs Marcin Iwinski and Adam Kisinski, I apologize if I'm butchering those names, uh, are set to get a end of the year bonus of 24 million uh, Zalti, which I'm assuming that's Polish currency. Uh, approximately $6.3 million. Meanwhile, CD Projekt board member and director of Cyberpunk 2077, Adam Badowski, is to be awarded $4.2 million in bonus. Uh, as explained in the news, Bloomberg report, these bonuses come via Cyberpunk Project's profit share systems in which 20% of the company's annual earnings is split up uh, and awarded to staff members. 10% of the profit is shared among the board directors, while the upper, other 10% goes to the employees. And the same in the Bloomberg CD Projekt Red explained that the 865 employees Part of this profit share system with 29.8 million shared among them. Meanwhile, five board members will share 28 million dollars. That's um, absurd. Yeah, talking to Bloomberg, some employees revealed that they expected they were expected to receive between five thousand and nine thousand dollars in bonuses. More senior staff could get close to twenty thousand dollars. These do naturally pale in comparison to the multi-million dollar figures assigned to the board. Uh, these kind of figures are expected to be uh, from a corporation, but they are called into question in the week awake in the wake. Uh, CD Project Red's disastrous launch of Cyberpunk 2077 game. The game in development for years and awaited, of course, we know the story. And this is the big number I was looking for. This led to reported 30,000 refunds and Cyberpunk 2077 being removed from the PSN store. I do not believe it is back. I nope. It's still gone. Sure not. Um, yep, yeah, still, still not there. Yeah. Um, by releasing Cyberpunk 2077 in this difficult state rather than waiting for it to be a complete, Cyberpunk suffered a steep stock price fall. Of course, we, we documented that on the show before. Considering their disaster decision, the board was asked during a recent investor call if it were appropriate that such a large bonus was awarded. This is a quote. We earned this money, and the company earned this money, of course, but more net profits and more bonuses, Kaninsky said. So, well, we have results, we get bonuses, and that's the contract we have. Uh, at the CD Project Red financial briefing earlier this month, the company said the Cyberpunk launch has been a huge lesson for us that we should never forget. Despite this, 2020 was the company's best year going forward. The company plans to change the way it markets games to help avoid another cyberpunk-style situation. Your problem wasn't... Well, your problem partially was marketing, but it was also crunch, but whatever. Okay. They don't deserve to be rewarded for what they are admitting was bad decisions. (laughs) Uh, 
yeah. Um, but I'm not surprised considering the game, despite the fact that this game crashed literally on launch, um, it also made bank. Because as many as except roughly 30,000, we probably won't get an exact number for years. Still, many more people that doesn't. I don't know how that attributes to physical, digital, uh, or anything like that. Mm-hmm. But um, like a lot more people kept the game, and and, and of course, you know, stuff like that. So like, I'm not surprised. It's greedy. It's, it it doesn't make them look good at all, considering they have no real positive life with their fan base right now or player base right now. So it's to me, I chalk it up as um, capitalism's added a, added a fucking game, and the fact that you see the discrepancy from the board team to the actual team making the game, like, that's the biggest disomer to me. Yeah, the insane part really is that there is a 20%, like, I understand profit share contracts and all that. There is a 20% annual earnings share that's split evenly 10% between the board and 10% between employees. But there's... 865 employees and five board members that should not be an even split <laughs> they could have done it like a 19 percent to employees and one percent to board and the board still would have gotten more money than all of those employees why make yeah. it an even split like that that's not fair they're the ones doing all the work i think coming at it from a business point this is like stuff i studied in college um i get the the contract they have written up uh you know it's typical for executive board members to make more money their employees that's well yeah not a shock uh what i have the biggest problem with is like the way it's prefaced is you know we have a contract we made money we made uh, we got money that's the contract sure uh but you didn't really follow through that social contract you had with your employees mm-hmm. uh yes like you made money and that, that was what you signed but you also put them through crunch you made them stay longer you released this when it was unfinished and that wasn't the employee's call that was your call so in the same way that you kind of broke that social contract with your employees you should also break this contract um i don't think it's fair to be like well you know we can break this rule and we can go back on this word but let's keep our word on this case because we make money on this case um, that's my biggest issue with this uh, because this was presumably the same thing with witcher 3 and no one had a problem with it no one was like reporting on anything because everything was fine during the launch of Witcher 3. The biggest thing is that this was a flop and that was on the call of the managers and the executives. And we're not seeing like the repercussions of that on their side. No, you're totally right. I just, I, I just don't think that the 10-10 split with the huge disparity of employees versus board members is a good contract. Oh yeah, for sure. Um, I don't think I, I I would be shocked if they were able to shade that from a one or from a ten to a one. No, realistically, I don't see any business ever doing that. Uh, that was just not, an exaggeration to say that they yeah. would still make more money. But uh, I definitely think there should be some penalty on the executives executives because obviously something wasn't followed through on their end, and yeah. you can't pull this crap. That's like, well, you know, you signed the contract and we're doing the contract. I'm like, okay, but you also said this was going to happen and it didn't happen, so. You know, if you're not going to keep your word on that point, then why why here? Exactly. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Um, I I just I, I'm not I'm not as smart as that, but I just see it as corporate greed. Um, I work at Walmart where like I am not paid nearly as much. Meanwhile, 
and you can't hire anybody to work in the stores and meanwhile like the fucking executives in Arkansas are making billions of dollars mm-hmm. so it's like not similar situations but like you know hey greed wins overall I guess um burn it all down uh anything else to say on this my boys I like Thomas's comment contracts work two ways yep you have to uphold the contract in order to receive the benefits of the contract all right, so this one, uh, Luis, I don't know how much you are into Pokemon TCG or aware of what's going on. I like the pictures on the cards. That is the extent of my knowledge. So uh, apparently, uh, this is coming from Vice. Uh, this there is a crisis going on within the Pokemon. That's like competitive, but just getting the damn cards. So there's crisis. Like, oh, okay. so I so I am familiar with this. One of my one of my okay. mods on my Discord server is uh, obsessed. With uh, going to Target right now and going to <laughs> yeah. I, well, we used to go to McDonald's when, when the Pokemon cards were there. So yeah, uh, basically, uh, Pokemon cards have be, have just it looks like during the pandemic, have re- basically resurged in popularity. Uh, you probably have seen your uh, like big YouTubers opening like th- like thousands of dollars worth of packs on YouTube and opening up rare stuff. Um, to the point where, like, if you go, like, I work in Walmart and I work in the uh, toys department specifically. We do not stock the Pokemon cards. A, a different vendor comes in and does that. And, like, you can never, like, you never found them. They were always gone. If they were there, they were gone by the end of the day. It's gotten so bad, at least, I, and I, I've seen at other stores, we, we started locking them up. Or, or in like, some stores are limiting them to, like, one per person and stuff like that. Um, so are yeah. they, are Pokemon cards VMIs at your store? Or vendor managed uh, inventory? Yes, because we never we never stock them. Like we'll stock like other Pokemon merchandise, like toys, but the cars themselves we never receive them. Most stuff up at the front, like checkouts, are vendor stocked. I see. Oh uh, yeah. So um, yeah, this this article is really extensive. Um, you know, and, and it basically goes into like how like one card he had like in from the early 90s he sold for like 100 bucks now goes for $30,000 and basically it's becoming like not like uh, it's the, the, these cards these little plastic cards hey better than the NFT I guess um, are, are becoming very extremely valuable extremely fast and it's causing people to steal it's causing people to uh, to hoard these cards and stuff like that and try to sell them for insane insane amount of money I should look up uh, what some of our cards are worth yeah, you should. Doesn't hurt. The Pokemon company sent me like thirty packets of cards the December before COVID happened. And I'm just what? like, man, that is a I'm like that is a stack you, of cards in my shelf. You, could, you could, that's that's like a potential gold mine you're sitting on. Um, so yeah, do, do y'all have any thoughts on this? Um, uh, I know I I don't really play it competitively, but the fact that like like they're you have people who are basically scalpers who are like buying these cards in bulk and then reselling them for like insane amount of money um which obviously we've talked about this on the show before but i feel like this is just going into insane levels of absurdity i'm very curious to see what the pokemon company thinks of this because like in retrospective like this isn't like a gp where it's like a finite resource and it's hard to to develop these and that's why they're they're skyrocketing in prices these are just cards like mm-hmm. people can just make more cards um 
but I'm curious what the Pokemon company wants to do with this because I I guess like the the issue would be that those that play competitively can't get cards now, so they can't play competitively. Um, from the Pokemon company standpoint, like, do you want to d- dilute the value of these cards by making more of them? Like, is that even something that the Pokemon company cares about? Because I theoretically they they probably don't. Yeah, because um, they they wouldn't receive money on that end at that yeah, point. Yeah, Whatever exactly. sell they made with the vendors, like that's or like the, the the distributors, that's it. Like they don't like whatever happens after that. I don't think it would affect them that much. Yeah, I'm sure they want to cash in on like not necessarily the demand, but the the hype behind the brand, uh, which is perfect timing for Pokemon Snap. But uh, it's interesting to see the cards specifically blow up, and I'm just curious to see like because th- this has been an issue for a few months at this point, and I feel like if they wanted to, I guess retaliate in some way or remedy the issue they probably could start wrapping up production already but who knows i mean this also seems like it's only specifically within the u.s market uh the japanese cards are going up as well but not as much as the english ones so it's interesting to see what how they would react to this yeah yeah interesting. like i said i think it's mostly american just because it's mostly like what i've i've seen some videos is like rich what mostly white YouTubers who are buying these cards like insane, and then of course people finding them, and then in their addicts, and like realizing like, oh shit, this this goes for that much, and, you know. So, yeah, I'm not necessarily upset at it because I don't play the game, I don't collect the cards, it's whatever to me. But I just find it fascinating, honestly. All right, so going from that to uh, a, a big controversial, God, this, I feel like this would have been perfect for our, uh, last week's show. Um, this uh, we play esports. Uh, League uh, loses both Mortal Kombat and Soul Calibur development support after sponsor controversy. Uh, so for those who don't know, I've talked about it before, but we play esports. Uh, they've been sort of working with both uh, NetherRealm Studios behind Chris from Mortal Kombat and uh, Soul Calibur. They've been running Soul Calibur tournaments, uh, which is run by Bandai Namco. Um, and they've been like, if you ever seen them, they have these really cool sets and they go all out. It's really, really cool. Clearly, a lot of money. Um, and of course, when there's a lot of money that, with an organization that comes out of nowhere, that some like even before this happened, like I, the FGC circles I follow are like, hmm, this seems kind of like, hmm, let's be careful. And so now it comes out uh, that um, both Mortal Kombat 11 and uh, Tekken and, and Bandai Namco and NRS have pulled out uh, after uh, the first season of the Wii U Play Fight League, uh, which played all 33 games. And they cite as a basically, they cite difference in vision. Um, apparently it's a recent, uh, it, it's mostly due to the fact that, uh, we play announced a, uh, partnership with a Russian online betting firm, one cross bet, uh, which also faced heavy criticism of the 2019 report of a bit of this publication in the times. The times report revealed that one cross bet senior deals, including promotion of a porn hub casino, casino that uses topless dealers to attract gamblers, as well as allowing bets on children's sports. And advertising on illegal websites. Uh, and of course, uh, uh, GameSpot has reached out to WePlay, uh, but apparently they have not received any information yet. Uh, we pl- uh, and both NetherRealm uh, and uh, Namco have put out a statement. I think the website only has uh, NetherRealm's comment. Um, NetherRealm put out a tweet. NetherRealm Studios is constantly striving to foster the best esports tournaments to our dedicated fans and community. Due to difference in vision, we will no longer allow our games to be utilized and we play operated esports events. Which, by the way, I want to point out that Mortal Kombat or the NRS development team is like the opposite of Nintendo. They really don't give a crap if you're running their game. They're generally cool with it. So the fact that they're pulling their shit, you know, that means they have to be serious about this. 
Um, and of course, Bandai Namco had very something similar to say. Uh, and then WePlay had a tweet with theirs. Um, their response to uh, both uh, both companies pulling out. We play as always strive to raise the standards in every tournament we put together by delivering the highest quality events using innovative production techniques and providing the best conditions for players and talents alike. With Wooful Season 1, we put together one of the most memorable FGC tournaments to date, approved by ba- by both Bandai and NRS. Our goal was always and still to provide the community with a world-class event that anyone can enjoy. Uh, the news received today was surprise since Wooful has has begun after the event finished we tried to discuss the future seasons going over feedback address the first season both NRS and Bandai but have no response um, our vision and dedication to the FGC has not changed and we will continue to grow by the way I want to point out there are it's not listed in this article but there were some like really like other like you really tweeted that shit from that account so um yeah uh yeah, I know people in the FGC were excited about this. Like, it, again, go, you could probably find the archives on YouTube. Like, the production values were insane uh, for, for these tournaments, and they were invitational-only tournaments. Um, but, uh, like, even a couple months ago, there were people, like, talking about, like, um, there's some shady shit going on. Um, and this is... And I, I kind of also put it on the fact on the developers a little bit for, like, not doing more research, because you have to know who you're, you know, talking about business with, see if I forget, you, you kind of have to know who you're getting business within. Like, like that, like, I feel like they didn't just get that money out of nowhere. They had to get it from somewhere, and either maybe they didn't know and didn't do their research well enough, or they did know and they chose to not ignore it until they made it public that they were working with this one cross-bet company, and were like, okay, we can't be associated with that. Like, now, officially we can't, but... It's it's definitely fascinating, but um, if the FGC is going to go esports, this ain't it. it. It clearly is not it. Yeah, their uh, their we the we uh, we play statement is interesting to me in the sense where their their rebuttal against supporting or going through this company is we made a memorable season one, which I don't think is the right response. Uh, you know, if if someone catches you with red hands saying like, "Hey, we're we're working with this gambling website that's known to do illegal stuff with children's games," your answer should not be like, "But we made a really good season one." Yeah, uh, I don't think that's the that's the take. Um, so I'm leaning more on the developer side on this topic specifically. Um, yeah, I don't know. It I'm, I have to learn more about this, but, but that's like my initial impression. It kind of sounds like they're sweeping the issues under the rug, and they're like, "Who cares about what they do? We're we're great together. We yeah, got, we got money. We got yeah. Look at, look, at the, look at the production. I mean, that's honestly, and it, it depending on who you see, because I, I don't. I, and Louis, I don't know if you play fighting games or not. Unfortunately, um, uh, I know Justin doesn't, but I the FTC, a lot of the FTC heads, like some of them I've seen, I'm like <laughs> unfollow. Uh, at least over the past weekend, considering the tweets, because I'm like, obviously it's very tantalizing because uh, within the realm of esports, the fighting game community is very much seen as like the low end of the totem pole in comparison uh, to other ones. So obviously, then obviously here comes this company who's gonna do their best to like promote them. And again, I will say, having watched, I didn't see the Soul Calibur one, but the Mortal Kombat ones. Um, why is my hand doing that? I'm sorry. Um, <laughs> Uh, having seen the Soul Calibur one or the the Mortal Kombat one, they're very cool, and I was like, "Wow, this is awesome production stuff." It's cool to get this effort in there versus like I love the grassroots tournaments that, that I've seen. You know, like the, the one I'm wearing on my shirt. 
but um, it's enticing. But sometimes, um, you know, you don't want to, you don't want to, you don't want to dance to the devil to the pale moonlight. Basically, you don't want to do that. Um, I mean, uh, I, for I, audio I listeners, like, Ben's shirt says Combo Breaker. I forgot. <laughs> so, listen, I don't. I'm just a host. I'm just a simple host. Um, combo Breaker, but uh, um, you know, I, it was only a couple of years ago where in, in in the FGC where like there was this uh, African. Uh, player who was like giving a lot of money out, and like people and MK players just taking it willingly, and then he the guy just disappears. So it's like, you know, sometimes. I feel like he... Sorry, go on. Uh, as, as I say, sometimes you have to think a little bit more before you sign in, like take somebody's money and realize what you're getting into because you never know what's going on. Ask questions. Yeah, I feel like the FGC, uh, FGC community as a whole is in itself like an uphill battle and i would compare it to being like a new youtuber uh where you're given the benefit of the doubt and it's something that you have to kind of prove yourself in uh in the same sense where like you know a person that just starts off doing youtube videos let's say video game reviews they're buying their own games they're reviewing what they can and they're just kind of showing that they can do it uh prove yourself and then maybe you'll get some investments you'll get some attraction i feel like that's very similar to the fgc um like Evo struggled for many years trying to just be its own thing, and now it's being purchased by Sony, and now you kind of just see it uh, yeah. get that like financial security. And I think that's like one of those examples of like you know they struggled for years and tried to survive as long as they could, and now here's the like the the fruit of their labor pretty much. And starting off with season one doing pretty well, and then immediately being like, well, if we're gonna do season two, let's uh you know let's start to make some money on this. It, it doesn't seem like a good way to, to, to cash out or anything. It's a bad example. Uh, and most importantly, when, when you're starting off, the, the thing you want the most is that money is like the will of the people. Yeah. Uh, and I'll say this. Uh, the FGC doesn't really, to me, I mean, maybe in the in the, the players want the money. Obviously, the money is very lucrative, especially when you see like League of Legends events and, you know, Overwatch events. Like, it would be nice, but like, you know, there's something really cool of what the fighting game community has been building since like the mid not mid to late '90s, like you said with Evo and stuff like that. And of course, the shirt that I'm wearing, Combo Breaker uh, CEO in Florida. Like, there's events everywhere. Um, it's unlike any other game video game scene on like anywhere, honestly. Um, so uh, we'll still, let's hope we can keep that the, the fighting game community can keep that going forward and not just be uh, lured in by big dollar signs and big shiny lights. Um and uh, the last news of the day, uh, Discord, which is the program we're using. Dis- disclaimer: I don't know. <laughs> um, uh, previously they have said that they want to kind of move away from being associated with gamers. Like if you loaded up Discord, it would have like cute gamer messages, and I actually like those. Mm-hmm. Then they stopped doing them, and I got sad. So now they are officially partnering with uh, with PlayStation Sony. Um, this is a statement from Jim Ryan, uh, the man who hates old school retro games. Uh, <laughs> at PlayStation, we're constantly looking forward to new ways to enable players around the world to connect one from another, form new friendships, communities, and share fun experiences slash memories. In this spirit, we're excited to announce a new partnership with Discord, a communication service popularized by gamers, used by more than 140 million people every month around the world. Together, our team has already already working hard at Discord, uh, working already work. Hard at work on oh connecting Discord with your social and gaming experiences on PlayStation Network. Our goal is to bring Discord, the Discord and PlayStation experiences closer together on console and mobile starting early next year, allowing friends, groups, and communities to hang out 
and have fun and communicate more easily without uh, while playing games together. Um, so basically, that that's just that's the gist of it. Uh, you're gonna get Discord integration and support into probably more like more, probably not the PS4, but definitely you know PS5 for sure. And of course, like they said, well, the the PS app currently like there's like three PS apps that all do different things, and you have to have all of them in order to get full functionality. And it sucks. I have a feeling what they're going to do is get rid of those and just use Discord. <laughs> like, integrate those features into Discord. Hmm. That's what they should do, at least. I, I could definitely see, uh, definitely, maybe not, like, third-party developers. I could definitely see them, like, with their first-party games to push for or uh, Discord integration into, like, directly like, for multiplayer stuff. Mm-hmm. Or, like... Or, well, because, like, like you can host, like, you know, party chats. Play. Like, you know, your, your voice chats over PlayStation. You can host those through the PlayStation app, but it's bad. And, like, you can do, like, text messaging through the PlayStation Messages app, but it's bad. So it's, like, it's got those Discord functions, just not as good. So why yeah. would they put their investment in here if they're not going to basically, you know, use that instead? I'm curious to see how it's going to pan out, if it's going to be like a full integration uh, or like a Microsoft integration. I know there was talks of Microsoft trying to buy Discord for a while, but I think people forget that it already has some sort of integration an Xbox. Mm-hmm. So like if you're playing on a rare replay on your Xbox one, it pops up on Discord, but that's that's about it. Uh, you can't message anybody, you can't call anybody within Discord on your Xbox, but whatever you're playing on your Xbox will show up on Discord to your friends on your phone or on your desktop. That's what I kind of expect out of this deal. Um, but I wouldn't... The thing that that kind of makes me uh, think otherwise is also the investment. So their Series H fund was, I think, last quarter, around December. So that means sometime at the end of last year, Sony gave them a minority investment uh, that in combination with all the investments for that quarter made about $100 million. Hmm. Uh, So that wasn't released till today um, or this past week. But if they're putting that much money into this, it makes me think otherwise that it's not just like a, you know, hey, your your friends can see when you're playing God of War on your PlayStation and Mm -hmm. you're not on Discord. Uh, Because no one would invest that much amount of money for just that. There, seem, there has to be something else, but also I don't see the reason why they would want to do this unless they have a majority stake in the company. Uh, because essentially they're giving up, like, if the alternative is like, hey, you can play for, uh, or you can pay for PlayStation Plus, play your games online, and then talk to your friends, or you can just do it for free on the Discord app on your PS4. Like, why, why would they do that if it's a minority stake investment? It doesn't make a ton of sense. Um, maybe there's more investments to come that we haven't seen yet but I'm, I'm very curious to see how this pans out yeah when, when it, it, i think you're right when it comes to these business deals we only see the beginning and slowly see the domino effect start to happen so mm-hmm. i think you're definitely right about that yeah like it's made now and this thing happened in december and we're hearing about it five months later yes I, I like I said the only thing I, I can definitely see immediately is for like Discord support within the games themselves somehow, where like you can mm-hmm. do a, like a, like a Discord like you can have your friends connect your Discord friends list to the game and you can play the game like that somehow like 
um, God, I thought like Skype maybe did something like that. I could be wrong, but I think there's like a service that like took your ideas and it connected them. Like I could definitely see that at the basic level, but there's there's definitely got to be bigger ideas at the, at this than than just say having another server to use. Uh, yeah. I don't have the biggest faith in Sony when it comes to server-side things. I mean, this is also the <laughs> same game company that was like, we want to do cloud gaming with PlayStation now, so we invested money in Microsoft, who obviously does it better than us, to, yeah. to power our, our thing. So I was like, all right. Yeah. Sony on the business side is kind of a mess. They make good games, though. <laughs> yeah, that, that's true. Uh, I look forward to the Sony emojis or emotes that I can prof- I can join the channel and profile them and never visit mute that disco forever and then I have the emotes. That's that's what I use for. Yeah, it'll All be right. see what they do with it. Cool. Alright, well that's gonna do it for the new section of this show. So we're gonna move on to the final section, which is our topic, uh, which is we did a poll and I wanted to do this last time but I did not have the set in front of me. So uh, we had three topics. Uh, at third place, which was mine, uh, which is a game power up IRL, which that w- that was at thirteen percent, only got thirteen percent of the votes. Um, the second one was Tyler's choice, our other co-host, who unfortunately cannot be with us tonight. Uh, presidents as gym leaders. I really wanted that one because I wanted to school y'all on my knowledge of U.S. presidents. Wait, um, I thought it was presidents as Pokemon. No, it's gym leaders. He said gym leaders in the. Oh, okay. Discord. Um. Uh, I can already tell. I, I had a great one for uh, uh, for uh, Car- President Carver, uh, uh, honestly. But the one that won, it lost last week, uh, the previous weeks. Uh, Justin's won with fifty percent of the votes. Superhero game ideas. So, yeah. Uh, anything goes, gentlemen. Uh, Luis, uh, you are the guest, so I'm curious. What is the superhero game that you want? Or want to make one to like play. dream big, whatever you could make. Okay, all right. <laughs> I've had this in my pitch deck for a while. It's okay. So follow follow through with me. It's not necessarily a superhero, but it is. It is kind of like it's a thing I've had it in my head for a long time. This is like the you one you just got here. And you're it. already skirting around the the prompt. <laughs> no. It's uh, okay. Are you? Are you guys familiar with uh, a cartoon from the early 2000s called Kids Next Door? Yes. Yes. A Battle Royale Kids Next Door game where you customize your characters and it's all a giant treehouse that's slowly like closing around the treehouse. Everyone has customized weapons. All the skins are customizable. Two by four weapons. Wood. Uh with a kid that you can design yourself uh, that looks like yourself and is like a character within the Kids Next Door universe. This is oh, like an idea I've had for the longest time. Yeah, yeah. Um, this is an idea I've had for the longest time where I'm like, man, everyone's making Battle Royale games. Everyone's making them free to play and have like customized skins. Like, obvi- like the thing that comes to mind is like Kids Next Door. There's like so many funny weapons that would work perfectly within like that style of like chaotic Battle Royale. Uh, being able to customize a character that looks like yourself or someone like from the show. And it'd be funny just to have like a number next to your name, be like your name, number, whatever agent. Uh, that's my pitch. That is a superhero game. That I, I not really a superhero game, but you know, in that in that same vein, I guess of like kids with crazy technology. That's that's my uh, idea. 
flat because I haven't heard the name Kids Next Door in 20 years. So <laughs> that's that sounds really cool. Is Kids Next Door superheroes? I never watched it. They're like special agents. They okay. they like have big gadgets and everything. So and they kind of have costumes where like they have they always wear their iconic uh, clothes. They're so like yeah, I, I think it counts. I'm, I'm going as the I'm going to allow that. That's 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 Ooh. a really badass idea. <laughs> We're about to throw you in the shark pit, so be glad. <laughs> All right, Justin, I am. I'm really curious for yours, considering <laughs> your love for a certain well, spider. No, man, we already. I already got my Miles Morales game. I'm good. Um, yes, so, yes, it's so good. Uh, so I actually did a video of two years ago. I guess I forget that like there was a whole year of our lives that's you know gone to the world. Um, like two years ago on like my like the superhero games i would most like to see which was kind of like based on when we first knew about the avengers game and like you know we finally getting a real avengers game at the time i thought we were (laughs) um like what else what else could we get next in like this marvel you know universe of games and um we haven't gotten any of the any of my ideas yet um so i could really go with any of them but I think what I would still enjoy the most would be an Ant-Man game. Because mm. um, it's it's so unique. Like, the, the concept of being able to uh, shrink and grow at will, I think would be a super cool game for, like, current-gen consoles with the, um, with the instant loading and everything. Because I picture it, like, you know, they just had the... Uh, I didn't put it in the news, but there was the new trailer for Ratchet & Clank Rift Apart. Where, like, literally worlds load, like, within the swing of your, uh, your wrench. And so that idea of, like, being able to seamlessly generate a, you know, a same world, but of different size, just, like, within the animation of shrinking and growing, I think would be a perfect way to show off the technology that we have now. Um, and it would also make for some really cool exploration, because, like, it could go from kind of like a, you know normal like uh kind of relatively small city exploration uh where you're just going around beating up bad guys and stuff and then you would have to maybe go on like stealth missions or something like tiny um and it would become like this huge like open world exploration thing because you're the size of an ant (laughs) so you know that that small city suddenly becomes this huge landscape uh and everything is dangerous and there would maybe even be special parts where, like, it would turn into, like, kind of a kaiju game. You you go giant. Um, and, like, you know, or on a fairly small scale. And, like, you have, like, a stamina bar where, like, when it when it ends, you, you know, go small again because you can only stay giant for so long. Like, there's a lot of potential with it, I think. Um, and mixing, like, Ant-Man and Wasp together, I think, would give some really cool uh, diversity to the mission types. Um, because, obviously, she can fly. And I think would have, you know, it would kind of uh, mix up their uh, combat trees, because I assume there'd be a skill tree. There's, there are always this in games now. Um, so, yeah, it, it's it's not a very fleshed out idea, but, like, I can visualize that, like, the, the way the world would be formed dynamically as you change size. And that just sounds really cool. For some reason, my brain sees, like a like, a 2D puzzle platformer with, like, some 3D element, something like Oddworld, but um, that gets like bigger and smaller depending on the environment. And then like maybe he eats orange slices to regain his stamina <laughs> because that's what yes. he asked for. 
I mean, kind of, yeah, like, there would be some puzzle elements for sure, like, where you have to change size uh, to, like, you know, move things around or whatever. Mm. Like, maybe you grab something when you're small and then go big and, like, you know, move that thing elsewhere, go small again and place it down. I mean, you could even use, like, the whole, the Ratchet and Clank dimensional thing. You could even do that and do, like, some time travel stuff and it gets, like, molecularly small. Yeah, There's a lot of, uh, make it a Quantumania movie, or Quantumania movie game. I, I wish you'd go back and play those, like, Captain America 1, Thor 1 games, because I, I never played them, but... Uh, yeah, Cap I imagine... Is fine. Cap is fine, Thor is boring. Yeah. Iron Man's broken. Yeah, I, I did not play any of them, but... I am very like. I wonder if they're better than the than the new Avengers game. We'll see. Nah, I, no. I, as much uh, Justin knows this, but as much as I dislike the Avengers game, I would rather play the Avengers over those games any day. The Avengers game <laughs> is functionally solid. It's just lacking content. <laughs> They'll finish it soon. Yeah. But yeah, that's All my idea. Right. Mine is, uh, it came from watching the Ratchet and Clank stuff and, like, the <laughs> instant loading. Like, that blows my mind, mm-hmm. by the way, and, like, how fast that happens. Um, and I think that's because of the power of the SSD, right? Yeah. Um, mm-hmm. So I'm thinking, hmm, The Flash. I mm. want The Flash video game where it's, like, not just running around Central City but the Flash is very much known for going through time travel, multiversal. Let me fucking run from Earth 1 to Earth 25. Make it a big-ass multiverse, like, DC game where Hmm. you have to stop, I don't know, the reverse Flash from fucking with the time period again. Like, just let me be the Flash, and, and like, especially with the power of both PC and modern consoles being caught up to now, like, you can capture, like, running at a good speed a good frame rate and make it look cool the and like i don't i know i make fun of ray tracing a lot but like like just thinking of those like from the tv show uh where he's running up the 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 buildings and you can you probably see cool reflections on Mm -hmm. it like i the flash is such a cool character like next to batman and superman dc like to me he's like like dc's third greatest hero sorry wonder woman but like just in terms of like visual design there's something really iconic about that red suit with the lightning bolts on uh, on his side and the chest on his chest it's like i think that would be so cool like all of a sudden and and it could embrace like as much as i love the arkham games um you know it's very grounded in it but it knows what it does well I want to see like a, a DC game that embraces its silliness and its overtness and like what makes it special. And that's, you know, it, it's embracement of the multiverse. And I just think that would be cool. Like all of a sudden you go to the Bizarro planet, which like you find, you fight, maybe you'll fight a Bizarro Justice League and they talk backwards or you'll go to Earth 3 and all of a sudden you're dealing with the crime syndicate of America. Um, and you have to revive, you have to fight your enemy and your end boss will be, um, you know, Aerobarthon, who's just on this huge, like, I'm gonna, f- it was, this is for Tyler, it was me, Barry, it was me all along. Um, I, I just think the Flash is such a cool character, and like, obviously, he's well more known thanks to the CW show, and of course, you know, being in the Justice League movie, both the not good version and the Snack Snyder version. Um, so, like, and of course, his movie's supposedly coming out next year. We'll see. I hope so. <laughs> well, I hope so. It's, it's we got a like motion that. title for it. <laughs> yeah, there's there's set video set photos. 
So we'll, we'll um, see. But like, I I just love the Flash. He's such it's such a cool character. And like, I'm a big guy. I don't under I. What do you mean run fast? I don't understand that. So what do you mean run? Be able, yeah, exactly. <laughs> well, I used to run a lot. Just not for run fast. Oh, I don't. Then my knees get. Um. So yeah, that that's my pick. The Flash with the instant loading. Ah, oh, and like you can even start where like he's like a young kid, Barry's a young kid, and all of a sudden he's like running, and then bam, instant load. He's in the prehistoric time, and then you get further. Then he's like fighting like in other Earths and stuff like that. Like just the, the scale would be unimaginable. I was trying to think: have we ever gotten a game on a, like about a speedster? Because I feel like that's yeah, no, just, it's a hard fun. ability. Well, true. Oh, yeah. It's a hard <laughs> ability set to realize. Yeah, I'm trying to think where the Flash gameplay loop would be like yeah because then like I, I don't know how you would control a character at that speed without like mimicking like a slowdown mechanic um i like uh, my brain goes to, like sonic generations where like he runs really fast but you still have like control of him but it's like a three lane thing so it's not like complete control mm-hmm. yeah. um, i'm trying to think how you would adapt that for like a flash character which i would think runs way faster but also like sonic's whole thing is like you go fast through like platforming sections and then you slow down to fight things. Whereas Flash, like, uses his speed to fight. Yeah, like, he uses, like, you know, he does his hands to make tornadoes. He can phase and stuff through buildings. Um, you know, stuff like that. So I feel like there's definitely, like, he, he purposely slows himself down to, like, to deal with things. So it's not like he's constantly moving fast. So, like, you would probably have like... sex. I'm trying to imagine what this game would be like. Like, how what, what would be the gameplay? And, like, my brain, for some reason, goes yeah. to, like, a three-lane loop where... Like, maybe each face button does a different thing. Like, maybe he phases to the right, and then, like, one button shoots, like, a lightning bolt uh, using yeah, the, prob- the speed force or something. I'm, I'm trying to think of, like, how else you could adapt that in another right. form, whether it's, like, a 2D thing or... A I don't think game. it could be, like, a 3D open-world game. Yeah, that that seems, like, way too hard to control. Yeah. Yeah. That If if I had it my way and I had the time and the budget and you had it, like, like that would be, like, that would be the ultimate, like, dream game. Like, Flash in an open-world game. That's why I think, like, it, it, the multiversal thing, it would be stage-stage. Like, so, like, you wouldn't, like, you, okay, now we're going to Earth Earth 2 to team up with the Justice Society. And, like, it would be, like, a set stage he goes through. So, like, you'll have speed sections. It, I would basically make it a Sonic the Hedgehog game, I guess. But, like, just more, <laughs> like, bigger in scale and more power, like, more, more combat sections than anything else where the Flash has to slow down. I mean, you could even do that thing that's in Miles Morales where, you know, Miles doesn't really crash into a building he just kind of starts running on it mm-hmm. yeah oh that yeah that, exactly and exactly too or like i said the easy thing to do is like you start him as a young speedster so like he's not incredibly flashy yet you know like you like that's the character for that's the power the play progression as you get further along then he gets more speed because he's still learning to acclimate to his powers mm-hmm. yeah so. maybe they do it like you know you have like you pinpoint your destination on the map and then it kind of takes you to like not quite like an overhead view, but like kind of a like a three quarter over the shoulder where like it's more zoomed out. And so it's 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 like it's the three lane gameplay, but it's more spread out to like an open world. Like each street is a lane type thing. Um, so you basically like zip street to street, like you kind of control your path to the the destination. Um. And then when you get to the destination, it kind of zooms in and it's more like traditional superhero, like over the shoulder view. And like your, uh, your normal speed, quote unquote, but like your attacks and things like that use speed in them. 
So like maybe there's, you know, a, a special button that like he'll do a circle and, and shoot a lightning bolt or like, you know, he'll speed punch or like dash back and shoot forward. Those kind of things. Like kind of gamify his abilities. So it's not always just about going fast. Hmm. That could work. Yeah. And I would also try to figure out how to incorporate his CSI background into it. Mm. You know, obviously they would probably steal from the Arkham games where like he investigates a crime scene. Um, like like Batman did, but like as mm. you know, as a public defender, so I, I think that would be cool too to integrate that into like you have to like part of the game is running fast, but also part of the game is figuring out the mystery of what's going on. Thinking um, fast, know. yeah, exactly. I mean, like that, like <laughs> you say that, but like in the fifties comics, like he would always say flash fact, and he would pull out a science fact fact. But Barry uh, is a smart dude, and I would mm. like that somewhat as as cool as the Flash is in terms of his power set. Barry being as smart as he is, uh, being a uh, criminal justice major, is is really cool. And uh, so, yeah, that, that's that's my dream game. Um, will probably never be realized. I know there's like a prototype for a Flash game that never happened. But um, you know, hey, maybe one day when I'm 50 years old and like we're on the PS9, and like all of a sudden, and then we get like um, the, we'll get the Flash game when I can't hold, I can control the controller with the game with my mind. Okay. But, ladies and gentlemen, I think that's going to conclude this week's episode of the Charshock Games Cast. Uh, Luis, I want to thank you for being a guest for tonight. It was really, it was really fun, man. Um, I had a lot of fun with you. Um, so, this is the part of the show where we uh, tell everybody where we find us. So, can you tell the Charshock audience where they can find you at, my dude? Uh, sure. If you uh, search at Luis underscore GBN on Twitter, you can find my Twitter and then I think my pinned tweet has like all my information. So my, my YouTube, my Instagram and everything, go for it there. Awesome. And of course, check, please check out his uh, review on Pokemon Snap. It's a really good uh, review. Um, so yeah, yeah be, be, be sure to check that. Well, I will, and in the description below on, on, uh, in iTunes, you will be able to find both his Twitter and his YouTube account. So you'll be able to instant access, uh, and, you know, you'll hopefully you know, get more people to watch your stuff. Justin, where can the people find you? You can find me uh, if you look for zero score around various parts of the internet, uh, Twitter, YouTube, Twitch. Uh, I mean, some people are already on Twitch right now watching this, but you know, I'm there. <laughs> I'm here. I should say. Um, yeah. Nothing, nothing too crazy right now. Just like I said, trying to finish up my Russian and clank retrospective. Um, and I actually, I do kind of want to get something out of Pokemon Snap. It's not going to be a review because I don't want to be that critical, but I just, I kind of want to like just play the game for some footage because it's so cute. Mm. <laughs> uh, and you can find me at twitter.com slash marvelousiggy for all things concerning the stuff proclaimed marvelous fun. Uh, my Earthbound video is being delayed uh, just because, you know, unfortunately uh, the PC came in much sooner than I thought. And I haven't set up everything yet, and um, I'll probably have it out by uh, my goal is to have it out by next week. Now that I'll have my my storage all set up and everything, so I'll be good to go. Um, and I'll have uh, my editing program all set up. So uh, next Monday, next by the time next week's show will come out, uh, my Earthbound ramble will be out, and I'll probably discuss what I'm going to be doing after that. Uh, I also stream live three times a week at Twitch.tv/Iggy2814 Sunday, Tuesday, and Wednesday, all at 6 p.m. Central. Um, Right now, the plan, uh, it, it, Tuesdays are co-op streams. This coming Tuesday stream will be a Godzilla movie tier list. Uh, now with the power of my, my new PC, because unfortunately, my old PC, I couldn't 
this is how bad it was. I couldn't even open another a browser without it like going super slow on me. <laughs> That's not a problem anymore. <laughs> um, so I will be doing a tier list for every single Godzilla movie with my our, our other co-host Tyler. Uh, we'll be doing it live. Uh, so you get to see. Are you gonna pull uh, up that like tier maker thing? Oh yeah, that's how I'm doing it. Yeah, yeah exactly. Cool. Um, I've wanted to do this for a while, so uh, yeah, I, I, I couldn't debate what should I do as a video, should I do it live? Fucking, I'm doing it live. I'm gonna do it with Tyler, and then and then, and then release YouTube. the video. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Then it'll get exported to, to YouTube. Exactly. Yeah. Uh, and Wednesday will be Chrono Trigger. Uh, I'm gonna do my best to beat that game on Wednesday. If not, it'll be the following Wednesday, and then of course after that, Wednesdays will be taken over by Grandia. Um, uh, I will say that's not necessarily com- concrete because now that the PC now that PC streaming is officially a go for me. Uh, I think I might bring the summer of DC uh, to my streaming platform, and we might be streaming the Arkham games all fucking summer. So we'll, let's, you let's just see. played all of those a year ago, but I, <laughs> now I can stream them, and, and I'm not going to go for 100. percent So it'll be fine. Um, I'll be fine. Um, I want to share my enjoyment with the world and this and Batman <laughs> is a good way to do it, but that's going to do it for the show. Uh, thank you for listening as everybody. Again, thank you, Luis, for coming on. It was a pleasure to have you. We hope to have you again at some point. Um, uh, just let you know. Uh, thank you everybody for listening and remember no matter what, stay charged. See y'all next Monday dudes. Bye. Bye. Bye.